The Start On Demand. On demand. Three employees assaulted at the Tyndall Market Liquor Mart, including a female clerk who was punched in the face and had to go to hospital. Greg Mackling's Grey Cup coverage continues in Calgary. We'll hear from a Calgary volunteer who loves the Bombers, and we'll hear from the general manager of the Blue Bombers, Kyle Walters. And this weekend, it's one of the most special events of the shopping season, the Third and Bird Christmas Market at Hudson's Bay. We will speak to the co-founders and meet one of their makers who has a lot of interesting stories about his products. I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling in Calgary and Loren McNabb here in Winnipeg. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb and this is the Thursday, November 21st podcast for The Start. McGarry and McNabb in studio. Mackling is in Calgary. Now, Mackling was working late last night, so we are going to hear from him throughout the show. He spoke with a number of Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He spoke with a retired BC Lions quarterback, Travis Lule. Spoke with a Winnipegger slash Calgarian mm-hmm. who loves the Bombers. Uh, so we'll hear from him throughout the show, including in our next segment. But uh, if he joins us live, it'll be later on. Yeah, it's a busy time out there. If you've ever been to Grey Cup, there's lots going on, lots of people around you. I think from the sounds of some of his interviews, he was literally running after people at various locations because I could hear him like, okay, hang on, Travis. Like, and I, are you, I'm like, is he in an elevator? Now he's on the street. Now he's talking to this person at a festival. There's so much happening and it's such an exciting time. And so we, we're definitely going to have a lot of bomber content throughout the morning. But I think there isn't anyone waking up this morning that isn't going to be talking about what we'll spend much of the morning talking about, Brett. Tyndall Market Liquor Mart is closed until further notice after a serious incident. Three employees were assaulted video obtained by global news and they're working on this video it shows two thieves and one of the clerks a female clerk was punched in the face behind the counter one of the thieves started harassing her went behind the counter and then punched her she went to hospital so last night there was a, a 9:30 p.m news conference from manitoba liquor and lotteries where they announced that the store is going to be closed until further notice because they need to install uh, security door. This is an announcement they were be- getting prepared to make. Yes, but they, they were planning this already. But they expedited the announcement. Yeah, they. this hastily called news conference was held at uh, 9.30 last night. The president and CEO was there along with security officials from the store, people from the store, public relations and communications teams. Nobody took any questions, so he spoke for five minutes. He explained his frustrations, his concerns, his angers, what they're doing particularly at that store and the fact that other changes are coming So we're going to play some of that audio at 6.35, but Brett, you've seen the video. I watched it last night and again several times this morning. The the thing that really, there's a couple things that are really ticking me off about this. A, that woman, the staff member, is doing what she was likely told to do, which is don't do anything. She's standing there behind the counter, clearly terrified, when this man, young man, I don't know, walks up and uh, unprovoked, I don't even know if she's speaking, and he just hits her hard. She falls immediately to the ground and out of the frame, so we can't see what happens with her next. Secondly, you have a security guard there, and again, again I don't know, I don't work in this industry, obviously, but he, he his response is to talk, and he's got his hands up, and he's trying to clearly you know, soften the situation or get the guy to calm down, but he's not necessarily you know doing anything physical, so I have questions about that. And then for as long as we've talked 
about this, which is about a year now. We've heard from liquor and lotteries. We know they're trying to do things. We know police are frustrated. We know staff are scared. We know customers are concerned. So I just, I want to go right to the top this morning and say, Mr. Premier, what are we doing about this? From you down, what's your message? These are your employees. Yeah, They're I mean, government employees. They will be installing the security door at the Tyndall Market location and other locations. They didn't say which ones. Uh, the CEO, as you mentioned, spoke last night briefly and says he will take questions today. They're also going to be checking photo ID. So customers entering these locations with these secure doors will need to provide photo ID. Just like if you walk into a cannabis store, you don't get in until you provide ID. No, I don't. I've only been into one cannabis store and they don't have a security door they just have a guy at the door mm-hmm. checking your id and if you don't have an id then you don't get in but uh I, listeners have been telling us for a long time you need to have i check the id or install these security doors so i think it's about time that they're doing this and it sounds like this has been in the works for a while but after this brutal assault yesterday and we have put up a picture a screen grab of the video on our 680 CJOB Instagram story as well as on Twitter at 680 CJOB and you can read more details at cjob.com but just so frustrating to see that video and I saw the note come out uh, that the the statement I think we we what time did we learn of that that the news conference was happening like 8:30 yeah, 845 about 8:40 a notice went out that they were going to gather at this Tyndall Sorry, the Grant Park store where they often do news conferences at 9.30. So there's about a 45-minute notice. And I appreciate that they're scrambling now too, right? Mm -hmm. It's just that the escalation you could see coming. And you could argue for months now that the staff members have been going to work scared because they've seen the thieves and the brazenness escalate. And so I can't imagine being an employee this morning waking up and watching that video and wondering, well, now what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. I really go, I'm selling booze, for goodness sakes. I've often joked around that when I retire, that's a great job. You know, you have fun, you chat with people, you're selling some alcohol. It's, it's in theory, low stress. Mm-hmm. It's a colorful place to be. People are, everyone's having a good time when you come in there, and except for now. Yeah. It, it's awful. McGarry and McNabb in Winnipeg. Mackling is in Calgary. We will hear from him right away here because if you've ever been lucky enough to go to the Grey Cup, then you know it does not come together without hundreds, if not thousands, of volunteers. Particularly the festival, Brett. I don't know if you did anything when the Grey Cup was here a few years ago. They have all these different events and tents set up across the city. So the same thing is happening in Calgary this week. It's several days of activities and parties, and the volunteers keep it going. You can always identify the volunteers, I think, at any event. They get matching T-shirts that they have to wear all week. But they're there because then you can go up and ask for directions, or they're there to organize some of those games, or the face painting, or the meet and greets with VIPs. And yesterday, Greg Mackling, we're talking about how he's walking around. Just, he loves to chat, that guy. Yeah. And he clearly, I, I, I need the backstory here, but he clearly ran into Muriel, that's her name, yep. and was like, oh, Muriel, we're going to need to talk. And so they did, and he discovered that she lived in Calgary, lives in Calgary, has for years, but isn't cheering Ever for the Stampeders. Won't be cheering this weekend, but the Ticats, she's got another team she loves. Oh, how long have you been in Calgary, Muriel? And, and tell us about life in Winnipeg once upon a time. Well, I've been in Calgary now since 93 uh, when I retired from the military. And before that, I was here for uh, four years during my one of my tours. And I, haven't, I was in Winnipeg uh, for three years. 
uh, back in the mid-70s. And uh, other than that, I went to school there. I went to Gordon Bell and to uh, West Golden Collegiate. I did grade 10, grade 11 there. You could cheer for any team in the CFL. You've lived all across the country, I'm guessing. So why do you cheer for the Bombers? Well, I guess I just have been a Bomber fan for years. I live and die with them. <laughs> and lately it's been dying. But uh, I also cheer for Calgary sometimes. I mean, if they're not playing against Bombers. And uh, I've cheered over the years. I've cheered for players on some of the other teams. Nobody could understand how I could do that. But I was quite able to do that. Favorite Blue Bomber of all time? <sighs> or give me a couple of your favorites. No, no, no quarterback. Uh, you're right, Dieter Brock. <laughs> yep. You got coached there by another Bomber fan. There's lots of them around here, aren't there? There are, actually, yes. So you excited for Sunday? Yes, I am. I'm really excited for Sunday. So do you get to go to the game? No, I don't. So you'll watch it on TV, or will you be here at the festival? I'll be watching it on TV. Okay, so do you have a prediction? Will they win? Let's put it this way. I'm certainly hoping so. That's, that's my hope, is they will win. Thanks for this, Muriel. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at the end of that, Greg leaned in for a hug, too, because he's a hugger. He is a hugger. He's a talker. He found a real gem in Muriel, and he's got more interviews that we're going to play throughout the morning. I actually always feel kind of, sometimes I feel awkward because Greg will, will give people hugs. Mm-hmm. But I'm only comfortable giving people hugs if I know them. So, right. But when he gives a guest a hug, do I then give a hug? And sometimes oh, like you feel compelled. Like yeah. It's like, uh-oh, now I'm going to be the guy that just... It's be- I think it's better and funnier if he's super emotional in for a hug, and then you're like, thank you very much, and you stick out your hand <laughs> and want like a formal handshake. Yeah. Plus, it's not if it's not your personality, man. Well, I like I like giving hugs, but I just don't know when at what point is it acceptable. Yes. And sometimes the guest will just make that make it easy for me. Where after they've hugged Greg, they'll put their hand out to give me a handshake, <laughs> as though to say, "I don't know you, so no <laughs> hug for you." We're both thinking the same thing, man. No <laughs> hug for you. <laughs> The big story that everyone is talking about is once again related to the liquor marts. Right. And over the past few months, Brett, we've shared with our listeners and talked about videos of thieves racing out of liquor stores with booze. We've talked about customers trying to stop them. But what we've watched and are working to share on our website, cjob.com, this morning, I think it's a terrifying low. It's a new low. The video obtained by CJOB and Global News is from a security camera at Tyndall Park store, and it shows two young men brutally assaulting several employees. So at first, they're standing near the cash registers, and one employee is pushed, then another. You can then see a second suspect walk behind the counter where a staff member who is clearly frightened, she's standing, she's not moving, she's likely doing what she's been told to do, which is to not intervene. And then... Out of nowhere, unprovoked, she is viciously punched in the head and drops to the ground out of frame. That's when another staff member tries to intervene and and push back against one of the suspects, and the video comes to an end. So this all happened yesterday afternoon, and around 9.30 last night, officials from Liquor and Lotteries held a hastily called news conference. It included the head of security, several other officials, and President and CEO Manny Atwell. Earlier today in what can only be described as an unprovoked attack at our Tyndall Market Liquor Mart. Three of our employees were physically assaulted and injured, with one being transported to hospital. 
After the incident, a number of us were able to attend to the liquor mart and provide support to our employees. We have closed that store until further notice. Our employees should not feel unsafe at work. They should not be subject to threats of harm or attempts of harm by anyone. They should not have to come to work every day wondering how many times somebody will threaten them or how many times somebody may try to harm them or harm one of our customers. It's what many have feared would happen for months, and it's why Liquor and Lottery says it's expediting major changes at many of its liquor stores. You are probably aware we've had construction underway at our Tyndall Liquor Mart for a new security entrance. Originally, we were going to announce this next week, but the events of today have required us to accelerate this announcement to right now. In a few days, the Tyndall Liquor Mart will be one of the first locations to be fitted with a secure entrance. This means that the store will be locked and customers will be required to show valid photo ID at the security station before they are allowed to enter our store. While this will be the first location, it will not be the last. Manitoba Liquor and Lottery CEO Manny Atwell. He spoke for about five minutes last night. There were no questions allowed at that news conference, but they did say, Brad, I think that they're going to share more today and Mm -hmm. have more information out for folks. Obviously, we have more questions. Uh, How many more stores are going to see these secure entrances added? That's one of them. And it looks like from what's under construction in the photos, Brett, that it will be a scenario where you walk in and it's like a vestibule area, perhaps, where you have to stop and you can't get through the next door, perhaps, until you show your license to the person behind the counter. I don't know if that person's going to be a staff member or a security guard. I've also got questions about the security guards and their training and how how they'll respond to maybe an angry customer who doesn't want to show the ID or how they'll handle all that. Because in last night's video, uh, the security guard has his hands up but isn't really involved in any of the melee. And I'm not sure what their training is in terms of intervening either Mm -hmm. when you see this kind of thing. So lots of questions around that. And then I also want to know, we've asked Winnipeg Police to come on. We'll see if they respond to us. But um, were these two suspects like on a rampage? Were there other stores involved in that area? Like there's clearly just a ton of anger from that one guy. The way he goes after that clerk is unbelievable. Yeah, he's about a foot taller than her. She looks terrified standing behind the counter, and it almost looks like she's trying to figure out, is there a way for me to get out? But the way the counter is set up, it's her exit is essentially blocked, so her only way out is the way that he's coming in. So she would have to go through him to get past him, and then he punches her. It's just horrible. And with this this new security entrance, I'll be curious to know if you walk in, and then there, there will be a second door, like an actual locked door right. that you're only granted entrance to, or if it'll be like a nightclub where you walk in, you're not the, so that the path is is open, but you're not you don't get through until the bouncer gives you the okay. Right, but who's going to stop you? Well, and that's what I was just wondering. If you go into a nightclub and you get lippy with the bouncers, they, they physically they throw physically, you out. They they will absolutely grab you and throw you out. And I even remember a couple of years ago going into one where they had added. You know, the license scanner. Have you yep. seen those? And oh, I hadn't yeah. seen it before because it's I don't get out that often, quite frankly. And then this was after the Heritage Classic a few years ago. And I walk in and they asked for that. And I'm just more of a privacy person. Like, I was like, well, what's the scan going to do? Where's this information going? Why are you doing this? And he's yeah. like, lady, 
I'm surprised he didn't say old lady, but lady, like if you don't want to come in here and show your ID, you don't get to come in. Yeah. So get out. And I and I did. I just had questions. So my my question for liquor and lotteries is how what is the secure entrance look like? How many places are you adding it to? Have you been talking about this for months or is this just more of a couple weeks that we've been working on this? Because it was a suggestion suggestion that came up. A year ago, mm-hmm. right? Add these kind of entrances, have a locked area like some of the jewelry stores or other. And then also another thing is, Brett, if it is a separate area, if someone does steal something inside, because a thief can still show their ID and then get in, mm-hmm. will they, if they steal something and try to walk out, can they lock them in the area as they leave? Yeah, like will the exit be altered? As, or like will it, the exit be in the same area or will there be a separate exit where you can just stroll out? And one of the, the side shoots of this that a couple of our listeners are pointing out, Paul, for example, says you are going to have a lineup outside the LC during wintertime if they start checking IDs before you go in. I live Pemina South and that Fort Richmond LC is so packed three weeks before Christmas every night. You're in line to pay for almost 25 minutes. Now imagine people standing outside to show their IDs. So that's also a valid concern. I mean, in, in the you don't want to you want people to be safe, but you also don't want to make the customer experience any worse. And anybody who goes to a liquor mart around Christmas time or over the holidays knows that uh, there are times where you're just going to have to tough it out and wait for a long time. But I. But Hopefully it doesn't take too long to get in. I, I don't want it to be like a night. I can't imagine it being like a nightclub scenario where there's 100 people in line trying to get in. But who knows? But you know what? I appreciate the argument for customers' satisfaction. Mm-hmm. But there's just a safety question here now, right? And so at the end of the day, that trumps everything. And I and I think that the safety question is it's still not answered because until these changes come in place and until staff members know that they are or are not happening at all stores your comfort level to go into work this morning is way down. I, we've already talked uh, to people, you know, off the record, uh, staff members about their, or not on air, but, you know, in stores ourselves, I've talked to people about their fear a month ago or two weeks ago. And now today, that's a whole other level. So uh, on our website, you can read the statement from the union that represents these employees. They're joining us at 745. But Michelle Goronsky, its president, is calling for an immediate and urgent summit involving provincial leadership, Liquor and lotteries, addiction services, if you want, police, because she's saying that they need to all come back to the table again because this isn't, this still isn't working. Ruth says, fear of going to work, unfortunately, will now be the new reality of retail in Winnipeg. For years, we have seen posted signs in doctor's offices and public offices showing the new reality of the rising violence when dealing with the general public. These signs say our staff will not tolerate abusive language or behavior. For years, one could witness abusive People yelling at staff at almost any fast food restaurant or retail operation downtown on a daily basis. This latest Liquor Mart incident has now taken us to a new, unfortunate, and scary level. That's from Ruth at 204-780-6868. She's not wrong. No, she's not wrong. And uh, it sucks. That's the simple way to put it. They should not have to come to work every day wondering how many times somebody will threaten them or how many times somebody may try to harm them. This has to stop.
Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Mackling will join us soon from Calgary. Loren McNabb, who was that? Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries President and CEO Manny Atwal. He was talking to reporters last night about that assault on staff members at a Tyndall Park liquor store. I'm sure we all agree that what's been happening has to stop. I know our next guest will agree employees should not have to come to work fearing for their safety, but what more needs to be done? Michelle Goronsky is the president of MGEU, the union representing liquor store employees. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, and I absolutely agree. Let's start with just how the employees doing. Have you learned any more? I know one was taken to hospital last night. Uh, my understanding is all the employees are home. I have not been in touch with anyone yet uh, to to be checked, but I will be checking on them. What I have been getting is text messages and emails through the night and even more this morning. Our members are terrified to go to work this morning. They are extremely upset. The situation is completely out of control. And we need to all get together to get control and to stop this. Well, and you are calling for this urgent summit. So are we at the point where the advice might be to your members, don't go to work? Not yet. I know I'm not going to be telling any of our members to do that, but I am going to be telling our members to put their safety first, theirs and the customers that are there. And I know uh, Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries has been telling them the same thing. So, but it is time, and I'm appealing to the province to bring all the key players together from our communities. We need an urgent summit of law enforcement, addiction, social services, public and private retailers, both all of the unions that represent any of these workers and the provincial government. It's going to take us all to work together to get this crisis under control, and we need to do it as soon as we possibly can. The reality, Michelle, is that, you know, the one employee for sure who was viciously assaulted and punched to the head. The video shows that there was no attempt to intervene. She was doing probably what she was told to do, which is to stand back. And you know what? Like if, if they want to take it, go ahead. And yet you're still assaulted. So I'm not really sure what the messaging is to employees this morning, because even when they're trying to do their best, this shows they might be getting hurt. And we're hearing from listeners this morning that She's not the first one. It just might be the first video that we're seeing, but that other employees have also been hurt over the last few months. Is this true? And and what do you say to them then now? Because this is a whole other level. It it absolutely is a whole other level. And, and I've been hearing more and more. And a couple of weeks ago, we did have a meeting on a Sunday night with MBLL. And our members directly spoke to management, which has led to a lot of what is going on in trying to ensure that the safety is becoming paramount. Um, And again, you know, I urge our members, I urge shoppers to please be vigilant, watch what's going on around you and just get out of their way. And and yes, I I haven't seen the video. I'm concerned that the video is out there. Um, I'm concerned what it's going to do to our members that have to go to work in a liquor store today if they're seeing it. Um, You know, I ask everyone safety first, please. And again, I'm appealing to this province and, and I know MBLL will be on board with it as well. You know, we welcome the security entrance initiative and and I very much appreciate everything that Liquor and Lotteries have been doing and I commend them for, you know, what they've done up till now, what they continue to keep trying to do. But we need all of us at the table. We need all to be sitting around figuring out how we get this crisis under control and to make sure that Manitobans are safe, whether they're shopping or whether they're working. Everyone deserves to go home safe at the end of their day. Michelle, we have 60 seconds left, but you mentioned the security entrance. And is it going to be a, like a double door situation where you go in one door, show your ID, and then you're allowed permission into the, like you have to go through another locked door? 
I have not seen it personally myself. I know, uh, the, you know, they've invited me when they've said when they're ready to enroll it. Unfortunately, the situation yesterday has actually had them showing it. So what I've seen is what I've seen on the news on TV, the picture of it. Um, so I'm, I'm not completely sure, but I know that, you know, we need to do something to make sure security is the best. We need to have officers or we need to have security that is there that can actually make sure that they can enforce the security along with these doors. Michelle Goronsky, president of MGEU, union representing many liquor store employees. Thank you for your time, Michelle. Thank you so much. Be safe, everyone. Yesterday, you told us about a certain question that would be asked of the coaches. <laughs> yes, I, I, I alerted you to the likelihood of the question being posed to both quest, uh, both coaches. Pardon me. Is it safe to say that... Because, as you framed it, this question has been asked for decades by the same reporter, that the coaches are then prepared with answers, like that's not off the cuff? I would suggest that uh, Mike O'Shea prepared (laughs) his answers slightly longer, more in-depthly, and with much more care and creativity than Orlando Steinhauer did. Well, the question was indeed posed yesterday, so... We'll start it up with Edmonton sports writer Terry Jones. It seems like forever that we've had two coaches sitting in front of us that haven't been here in those seats before and answered this next question. Um, Jim Shaky Hunt uh, of the Toronto Sun for all those years, covered 50 Grey Cups, always used to, when he got bored with one of the X's and O's answers or whatever from the coaches, he used to stand up and and ask them about uh, their philosophy and plans to tell our team uh, in terms of whether or not to have sex during the week. <coughs> Your opinions, please. I say do what got you here. That's, that's what I would say. I'm not, uh, that's what they do is what they do. And uh, that's what I have to say. Well, it's been uh, eight years since we've climbed into this position. And another 29 since we finished the job, so there's going to be some nerves. And the uh, expectations are very high. And the anticipation can sometimes ruin the event. So I guess my guidance to the players would be, you know, don't exhaust yourself in the warm-up. That was good. Mike O'Shea once again displaying his talent to very wryly tap dance around an answer. Uh, I don't know tap dancing. That was uh, that was like there was a pole on the stage. I think there, if you were uh, prepared to uh, watch for it. Well, by tap dance, I mean he he managed to convey a message without saying anything. He he was very Seinfeldian. But he did say no sex. Perfect, perfect Seinfeldian. I like that. He did say no. No, I just mean that's what he said. That's what I heard. Oh, okay. That's what you think. Separate beds, everyone. (laughs) Separate beds. I don't think that's what he said. (laughs) I guess we all hear what we want to hear, right? Really? I heard separate beds. Maybe. Maybe. I guess if you want to interpret that way, and you're entitled to do that. Hmm. Yeah. I I wonder what would be better. I think some players would potentially benefit from the lack of activity, and others I think it could end up being just a distraction. Well, I think that's maybe where Coach Steinhauer was going from Hamilton, right? right. Do what got you here. Yeah. If, if it it's part for of you, your, great. If it's part of your routine, 
Maybe make sure it's part of your routine this week. If it's not part of your routine, don't muck it up. Well, Brett just used the word distraction. We were talking to Bob Irving about an hour ago about how this is the time in the week when things really ramp up, right, in the city and you see more sure. and, you, and there's more tents popping up and different beer gardens and things that you're going to. And so the distraction, whether it be single bed or not, is really, really there now, Greg. Have you even noticed in the last 48 hours a big change in maybe even the mood in the city and what you've seen around festival grounds? Well, the festival uh, gets underway in earnest today, but there was a social last night down at the BMO Centre on Stampede Grounds. Uh, There were hundreds of Shaw employees down sort of kicking things off. And then uh, the Calgary Stampeders were hosting their initial party to, uh, last night, and then tonight it really kicks into high gear. Ryderville gets going tonight. The Atlantic uh, Schooners are putting on a party tonight. I think at some point this evening there may be the equivalent of three Manitoba socials going on under one roof in three different rooms, very large rooms. Wow. Yeah, and I see that uh, a whole bunch of stuff happening at 9.30 Calgary time this morning, including the Nissan Titan Street Festival and the Jiffy Lube Tube Slide. Oh, the Tube Slide is cool. They built it in a parking lot. It's kind of neat. There's all sorts of stuff for the families. You going to do it? I should probably do it, right? Yeah, I think you should. I actually think you should try it while you're live on air. Okay, uh, um, I'll do that. You think Jeff Curry will go for that? Because that'll be at about 10.30 his time. Yeah, I don't think I can get down there in time for that. Maybe tomorrow. Okay. I'll pledge to do it tomorrow. How's that? I that like sounds it. good. Now, okay. you've been speaking to a number of uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Greg. One of them is defensive end Jackson Jeffcoat, who's from Dallas. His father, Jim Jeffcoat, played for the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. along with the Buffalo Bills. He's now an assistant coach for the Dallas Renegades of the XFL. So we just wanted to play a chunk of your chat with Jackson. Got to ask you about your dad. You've been talking to your dad? Yeah, I've talked to him. Good amount. Uh, he's excited. He's excited. He'll be out here on Saturday. He's coming. Yeah, him and my mother are coming out here. What does that mean to you? The you know you're at the highest level of of this league now to you know to be able to to have mom and dad here in the stands in a championship game. Yeah, that's special at any level, right? Yeah, it's very special to have them come out. And they told me they were like, yeah, we're we're coming out. We'll figure out a way to get out there. Uh, they're excited. My dad's excited. I mean, I, I talked to my dad and mom telling them that this is where we were going to be at the beginning of the year, and you can ask them. But um, So it's good to, to be here and uh, excited to get to work. So, Greg, you're going to have more with Jackson during your weekend wake-up show, right? That's right. So we'll play the rest of that. And, of course, Jim Jeffcoat, two times a Super Bowl champion with the Dallas Cowboys. And can you imagine having that individual as your mentor, someone that you can call on and just, you know, pick up the phone or shoot a text and just say, hey, uh, what's your take on this? And uh, the support that he's getting, uh, of course, from his parents coming here, I, I think is extraordinary. Jackson Jeffcoat is one of the, the real gentlemen on this team, and it's just awesome to get time with him and to, to see him round into the leader he's become on this uh, Winnipeg Blue Bomber team is, is very heartwarming. Also got to mention, oh, go ahead, Loretta. I was curious, uh, Greg, in your experience over the years and talking to different players, we've spoken about superstitions yesterday, and then we just played that clip earlier about what uh, coaches feel about extracurricular activities (laughs) uh, in the bedroom prior to a gang, and everyone has their theories. I've also heard players over the years sometimes talk about they play better when their family's in the stands or they might play worse. Uh, Have you ever ever come across that, that, the superstition around who in the family might be there with them at the time? 
No, I haven't. I've never heard one way or the other. But playing in Canada, it's not always easy for family to come. So it'll be sometimes crazy amount of time before a family member will be able to come up and uh, see, you know, their son or their or their even their husband or their grandson play in a game in the Canadian Football League, let alone the Grey Cup. But uh, I used to, my dad used to on cold weather games stand on the sidelines with mitts for me, so because I never wore gloves as a wide receiver, and I would catch the ball or or not and run to the sidelines and my dad would be there with the big warm mitts and that's the sort of thing that I think a, a lot of players uh, are fortunate to grow up with either a, a parent on the sideline that's encouraged them or, or a coach that becomes like a parent hey we got to mention this before we forget Winnipeg Blue Bombers official Grey Cup viewing parties are at Boston Pizza the Boston Pizza on Taylor will be hosting Blue Bomber Hall of Famer and two-time Grey Cup champion Rod Hill as well as Bomber alumni Gavin Walls and Jermise Jones Bomber prize packs will be won at every Boston Pizza $4 appy hour all night including drinks and BP apps like Cactus Cuts Bandera Bread and Boston's Famous Wings on special Boston's Big Hill Meteor Pizza on special in honor of Adam Big Hill and the Bombers dominating defense plus Buzz and Boomer and the Bomber Cheer and dance team will be appearing so call 204-925-4111 that's 925-4111 to book your table at your nearest boston pizza very excited for this segment because our friends from third and bird are here chandra kremsky and charlotte smeal are the co-founders of Third and Bird, and they brought a special guest with them, Chuck Allen, who is a craftsman from Earth and Hyde, one of the local creators who will be part of the annual Christmas market at Hudson's Bay in the basement, which is happening this weekend. The pre-shop is tomorrow, and then the market is Saturday and Sunday. Hello, Chandra, and hello, Sharla. Hello. Hello. Good to see you, and good to meet you, Chuck. Hi, nice to meet you. So for those who don't know, and I, I know that the word is continuing to get out, Third and Bird, Chandra, what is it? Third and Bird is a curated market where we bring together 150 incredible makers from across Canada. We put them in one space at the Hudson's Bay downtown where you can come meet your maker. You can see their full list of I don't want to meet my maker yet. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, so you can come interact. You can see, touch and feel the whole process of, you know, what it is that you're purchasing. It's neat because, and, and last spring was actually my first third and bird, uh, and I took my kids, and, and I have two, two things to say about it. One was the idea that, first of all, it introduces you to products that you didn't know about, in the, and then you got new ideas for gifts. It's great before Christmas, I imagine, because if you're not sure what to get someone, it's like, oh, that would be perfect for so-and-so. But the other thing that really stuck me when I brought my kids, Sharla, was that there was also all sorts of other children there buying and looking around at things. It really is, the, you think it's going to be the shopping event for moms and dads or something, but that's not it at all. Oh, no. It's like a family event for like anybody of any age any demographic. So yeah, we love having the kids there. We have kids of our own. They show up and they like it. They can really find a lot of stuff. And it's very inspirational to them too, because we've got that next generation coming up. That right. The, and getting home that, by that. I kept saying to them, well, this is local. So you're trying to explain that to yeah. them too, which is kind of a neat part of the process. Yeah. yeah although I, I did notice the first time I went that in spite of the fact that it is for all ages, it, it was very heavily towards female, which <laughs> going tomorrow as a single man is not such a bad thing. 
<laughs> but uh, and Chandra and Charlotte. Another angle we can mark. <laughs> <laughs> and Chandra and Charlotte, maybe put on your headphones so you can hear Greg, who joins us from. Uh, can you hear anything? There's no volume. Okay, I'll come over here and turn up your volume. And Greg, yeah, you, are you there still? I'm still here. Okay, so Loren's actually going around the table right now to turn up the volume. <laughs> this is something I forgot to do. We gave away the radon detector, but I forgot to turn up their volume. Can you hear now? Yeah, now I can okay. hear. Okay, go ahead, Greg. Hey, uh, great. I'm sorry I'm missing you in studio today, friends, but this whole idea, maybe Chuck can speak to this, this whole opportunity that Third and Bird gives makers to meet people and maybe even test a product here in Winnipeg, but then maybe take it online for wider distribution. Is that something you're seeing? Absolutely. Um, you know, Charlotte Shannon put on probably the best market in Manitoba. And as a craftsman, it's important for me to, to make a market like this because, um, because exactly that, like my product in particular, it's really hard to get a sense of, of the product. Uh, online because I mean a color correction I mean uh, just the color of the leather can can vary between the different monitors and screens and stuff but be the feel of the leather I have a couple different leathers uh, a lot of which are tanned here in Manitoba that um, just are buttery soft and people think I'm kidding when I say that but but when they touch it they're like oh yeah that <laughs> is soft and then the texture you know aside from the feel I mean, it's just a, a really neat thing to to get my products in people's hands, and then to talk in person. You know, a lot of times, like I'm, I, I work out of my home, uh, my basement, and and so I'm kind of closed off, and uh, day after day, just listen to podcasts or whatever, and like like uh, to to be able to get out and interact with people is just amazing, and and tell the stories. I have there's a story behind every single one of my products. I name my products after people important in my life, and and to be able to tell those stories to people. And, and get their their feedback is is just really special so to me. Tell us about that because you brought in a bag, and um, I shouldn't call it a bag. Is it, would I say it's a satchel? It's a purse. It's, it's yeah, beautiful. It's a purse, a, a small, a crossbody tote. It's a crossbody tote, and you said you have a name for each one. Is there a name yes, for this one? That's right. Yeah, this one's the Mary. So Mary is my grandmother. Um, it's actually, I'll, I'll back up. It's this a similar pattern as the Luella. Luella is my mother, right? And so I've, I design all my products. Like uh, number one is is just um, you know durability. You know I eliminate features that are, would be points of failure. And so with this, these, both of these actually, they're one piece of leather that goes all the way around the bottom, right? So you, there's no seam on the bottom to break, so your stuff would fall out. Um, and I, I do that deliberately, obviously, for the, the durability. But so for my mom's bag, like she raised me as a single mom. Um, you know, she had to put up with stuff in her life that made her tougher than she really needed to be. Right. But she has this elegance and this grace that that, uh, you know, is unparalleled. She's an angel. She's an absolute angel. Right. So so this bag, the Luella tote, uh, it can carry bricks. You know, you'll never carry bricks, but it could carry bricks. So it's way stronger than it needs to be. Right. But it's this a uh, very classy kind of elegant bag, I think. And um, so so it's, it's pretty big, though. Like as a mom, you know, you got to carry around a lot of stuff for your kids or whatever. But so I made the. Um, the Mary, uh, people wanted a smaller bag, whatever, reasonably. Um, and so it's the same pattern. You know, my, my grandmother was a farmer's wife here in Manitoba. And, and so, I mean, there's a strength that comes with that too. But as a grandmother, you don't need a bag as big as your mother's, right? Like, 
all you need is is candy for the grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's why the smaller bag. I'm is wondering the main. how often, when you hear stories like this, how important that is to the sale. Because I might be like 80 percent into the bag, and you were halfway through your mom's story, and I was like, "Somebody sign me up, Luella! <laughs> Get me Luella!" Because this just sounds amazing. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Like, I think uh, again, that's that's part of what uh, Charlotte Shanda, the Third and Bird Crew, bring to the customers. Is is you know, I don't want to speak for all makers here, but I venture a guess that uh, almost all of the makers have stories, you know, and some of them are are more willing to share than others. Some of them have more dramatic stories than others. Some of them, it's just easier to connect with, but but we all have a story, you know. So if you want to just buy stuff, maybe this isn't the, sh- the show for you, but if you want to buy, you know, from somebody something that means something, you know, then, then you know, and, and make those connections, right? This is the Definitely the the show for you, Charlotte. This must be, was this an unexpected benefit of putting this market together. Like every time you guys bring someone in, they're always so interesting. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah. as Shandra pointed out, there's 150 of them, and they've probably all got great stories. So you get to you put together this market, but now you get to meet all these super cool people with all these great stories. Yeah, it's just really neat. Like you know, the market and you know buying the cool things is one thing, but it's really the community and just seeing that grow every time. My favorite is the booth neighbors. We kind of switch it up every time. And so those new friendships are made and then they collaborate on product. And it's just like an endless source of like creativity and inspiration. It's quite unique. Any rivalries, Chandra? <laughs> no. Don't put me next to that. <laughs> no. Behind the scenes. I can genuinely say like... We call it a third and bird family. And not only do we do the markets together as a family, but then, you know, before, for example, Saturday morning, we break bread together as a family. We we host a breakfast at the market for the makers. And that's a time for us to connect as a community and really get to know each other. And then even, you know, at Christmas time, these are makers who don't have a, a corporate uh, Uh, Christmas party to go to so we host a a Christmas party for them uh, you know and be like you know let's get together and be Mm -hmm. community so it really is a beautiful space to be in and you feel that when you come in as a shopper like you know that everyone is genuinely caring for the other maker and they're happy for them and and made the product like in a time when we're increasingly buying things we talk about online and local versus the distance that we buy things from I've made the mistake of ordering things where you think it's a good deal it comes from somewhere else God knows who or how it was made it's awful it falls apart and then you get to come here and see the quality but the people behind it i think is the key because then you trust the product absolutely i mean you said it perfectly and just even like chuck just sharing that story like about you know his mom like how touching is that that is super authentic and genuine and like you said you might be 80 percent there and then you hear that story that makes that bag so much more precious and special to you and when you walk away with that like you carry that with you thirdandbirdevents.com is the website. The Christmas market and the spring markets are their flagship markets, but they have pop-up markets throughout the year. And just very quickly, what other provinces have you been to now? Saskatoon. So you went to Saskatoon? Okay. And are you going anywhere else? We hope to keep going further west, like BC, Alberta. Right on. And uh, Chuck's website is Earth and hide.com. So in studio with us, we have had Chandra Kremsky and Charlotte Smeal, the co-founders of Third and Bird, Chuck Allen, Craftsman from Earth and Hide. The, the market is Saturday and Sunday at Hudson's Bay. The pre-shop is tomorrow, which is sold out, right? 
It Sold is. out. Okay. I'm telling you, if you've never gone, it is the coolest shopping experience you'll ever have. Thank you all I'm three telling of you. you, this Luella tote is looking pretty good to me right now. <laughs> I'm now online, so there you go. And I, need, Chuck. I need a new belt, so maybe I'll get the Roscoe belt. I'm going to come find you tomorrow night, Chuck. Thank you so much, you guys. This has been great. McGarry and McNabb are in studio in Winnipeg, but Mackling is in Calgary. And Greg, do you have the GM of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers with you? I most certainly do. Sitting across the table from me, Kyle Walters. Kyle, congratulations on making it to the Grey Cup, but this is just one more step on the on the ladder to success, right? A hundred percent. It's it's certainly exciting, and, and the way we won that game in Regina was unbelievable. But you know, we celebrated, and then you know. The logistics and planning and getting everything organized on a short turnaround what was kind of the job of, of the administration people downstairs and try to make the players, uh, coaches, make it seem like a, a, a regular work week so they can focus on, uh, focus on winning this game, which is the whole point. I said it's exciting to be here, but we want to finish this off. So how do you do that? How do you, I mean, it's impossible for it to be the same as any other week. You've got you know, dozens of media at every practice. There's extra expectations on the players' time, your time. So, how do the coaches manage that? How do they how do they try and uh, wrap the team in that? It's just like every other week bubble. You know what? That started with last week, like behind the scenes last week. You you can't just pull this once once we beat uh, Saskatchewan. It wasn't okay. What do we plan for next week? So we were, you know, downstairs. Our our group was planning and organizing with the hope that when we when we win in Regina Sunday night, we're going to execute this plan. And all we talked about is how do we make the coaches and the players the least uh, – how, how do we keep the schedule the same as we would in Winnipeg? How do we make that possible? Um, it starts with, you know, the video components of the big, our video guy – all the rooms are set up, so it's, you know, when the coaches showed up, when the players showed up, that's the big one. Their preparation doesn't change. The therapy room, the equipment room. So it's it's try to simulate as best we can Winnipeg locker room and facilities here, which is obviously not the same, but from that standpoint, uh, I think we've done a good job. And then it's just trying to, you know, trying to be organized so there's no wasted time from the media. Like today's schedule, for example, is, is just awful for the players. We're, we're up. Um, we're, off, we're out the door in a half an hour for practice. As soon as practice ends, you know, the players come back, quick turnaround, and they got to spend an afternoon at media day, get home, quick turner, or back to the hotel, quick turnaround, and then off to the awards show tonight. So these guys are going, you know, 9 a.m., well, no, 7.30 up, 8 o'clock up, and then they won't be back in the hotel till about 10 o'clock tonight. So that's the big one It's the the stress from a time commitment on the players, which it is what it is, and that's going to be the biggest adjustment in which team can kind of just roll with it and, and, and just they're going to be out of their normal routine, but let it affect them the least is, is important. We quite often hear how first class the facilities are at IG Field. and mm-hmm. Doug Brown uh, is a great believer. We've had a couple of those very extensive rain delays in Winnipeg over yeah. the last few years. And he says, I mean, the home team has the true advantage because you, you can change your gear. You've got all your equipment, et cetera, et cetera. The fact that you're the home team, and as I understand it, using Calgary uh, standards, Peter's locker room is that a little bit of an advantage for you in terms of simulating that idea of a home game not to read too much into it well I, 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 we won't know like we we've been set up we haven't we haven't been at McMahon yet we've been practicing off-site 
yesterday off-site today, so our, our home-based locker room is the hotel. After practice today, uh, the equipment guys are going to, again, from a logistics standpoint, the amount of work, they're going to load up everything here from an equipment standpoint, training room standpoint, transfer everything this afternoon to McMahon. So tonight's the first night we're in there. So tomorrow, uh, instead of being, you know, getting set up here and then busing right to practice, uh, we will bus tomorrow morning to McMahon, get into the locker room. So tough to answer that question. Tomorrow morning, I think it's going to, you know, kind of hit the guys a little bit more like, all right, here we are. We're in the Stampeders locker room. Um, this is sort of our home base from tomorrow till kickoff. And I, I don't know that it'll be an advantage because Hamilton will be in the visitors locker room, which they are all the time, you know, but uh, I'm sure I, I haven't been in the Calgary f- in facility, but yeah, I'm sure there will be it'll be a little bit more comfortable than the visitors locker room for sure great look behind the scenes kyle best of luck yeah, thank you very to much you and the team on sunday we appreciate it hey thanks for listening to the start podcast we are available on apple podcast google podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts subscribe now and never miss an episode and if you like what you hear rate the show tell us what you think And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.